Today's episode of The Andy Staples Show is brought to you by Robinhood. With Robinhood, you can invest in stocks, options, and ETFs right from your phone. You can even spend and earn interest on uninvested cash. And with fractional shares, you can buy stocks in any amount, including companies like Apple, Amazon, and Tesla, for as little as $1. And that's with no commission fees or account minimums. So whether you're new to investing and ready to learn, or just looking for a better experience, stop waiting and join the 10 million Robinhood users. Listeners can get started with a free stock by going to staplesshow.robinhood.com. That's staplesshow, all one word, S-T-A-P-L-E-S-S-H-O-W.robinhood.com. That's staplesshow.robinhood.com. All investments involve risk. This is not investment advice, a recommendation, or a solicitation of any security. Other fees may apply. Visit rbnhd.co slash fees. The free stock program is subject to certain limitations Annual percentage yield on uninvested cash is paid by program banks and is variable. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. This is probably not the the episode I thought I was going to deliver to you today. Uh, bringing on Trevor Moad, who uh, you may have heard of him as the mental conditioning coach who helps out the University of Georgia football team. Uh, he used to work with Alabama. He worked with Florida State when Jimbo Fisher was there. Had been around a lot of a lot of national championships and, and playoff appearances. And Trevor and I wrote a book together. And it is Trevor's book. It's called "It Takes What It Takes." I helped out with uh, putting the words together. And basically, what it is is a manual to help people succeed in business, in life, using a lot of the stuff that Trevor tells the athletes he works with. And and he works with Russell Wilson. He's worked with three NBA teams. He's worked with U.S. soccer. He's worked with the MLS. So a lot of elite athletes that Trevor's worked with. So a lot of lessons learned. But we were about to record this podcast on Sunday, and and tragedy struck uh, Kobe Bryant... Uh, passes away in a helicopter accident uh, with his daughter and and, uh, just awful uh, seven other people passed away. It it was horrendous. And I was thinking Trevor met up with Kobe Bryant last summer. Uh, We had finished the book. uh, We got the manuscript in and Trevor had had met with Kobe Bryant uh, and they had discussed some of the stuff that Trevor did. And it was an opportunity for Trevor to pick the brain of one of the most competitive human beings on the planet. And so, Trevor, how you doing? Andy, uh, I'm doing fantastic. And uh, thank you again for taking this journey with me. I don't know if uh, people will know I was always a secret source for you inside, kind of giving you some uh, uh, kind of a win-win. You're not supposed to give that away, you know. I know. It, uh, but organizations sort of sharing, you know, what movies we're watching, some of the things that were going into our thinking. But I think kind of strategically – you know, over the years at, at Alabama and Florida State, and particularly when we were on that, that incredible run, I remember at Florida State with the 29 in a row, um, we wanted to share some of the unique things we were doing psychologically. And I love the story, and, and, and I don't know how many people have read it or understand there's a unique synergy between the sports world and the special operations community. But the lone survivor, Marcus Luttrell, I thought when we were in Pensacola and you did the story really outlining um, the synergies between 
college football and the special operations community and a guy like Marcus Luttrell, the Navy SEAL, literally taking 35 draft prospects to um, renting out a theater and showing his movie, then answering questions and Jadavian Clowney and Aaron uh, Murray and all these guys being mentored by someone like Marcus. I just think it, it, it's one of the cool stories that people like me who live behind the scenes of sports um, are able, you know, at this point now in the book to finally start to share a little bit. Yeah, this was a story I did for Sports Illustrated a few years ago where basically the military had figured out that the best way to help special operations soldiers who'd been injured in combat was to let them rehab like athletes. And yep. they, they had figured out that they, they rehab faster, they got back faster mentally, they were much better, they didn't have to take as many painkillers. And so this was a story I did for SI kind of, outlining all that they were doing. I got to talk to, to Marcus Luttrell. He's working out at the same place as Jadavian Clowney, and Jadavian Clowney's just sitting there blown away. And and that's the, that's the kind of stuff you do, Trevor, and, and you you meet a lot of interesting people in your line yeah. of work. And and so when you called me about this Probably book, was, I thought, yeah, uh, un, unbelievable. And, and so I did want to talk to you about the meeting with Kobe, where we've got the manuscript in the can. So you, you know what the book's going to say at that point. And you hand him the manual that you give to each Georgia football player before preseason camp. Yeah. What did he, what did he think of that? Well, it was, it was an interesting meeting. So um, basically the Mamba sports Academy uh, in some ways was modeling itself after IMG Academy. So I had a chance while we were filming a TV show called quarterback to quarterback uh, at UCLA with Russell Wilson, where it was basically just mentorship of quarterbacks. And Russell believed that a mental coach needed to be involved in the mentoring of Baker Mayfield and, and um, you know, JT Barrett and a number of these other guys and, and Saquon Barkley, a quarterback to running back. Um, and a guy named Chad um, came down to meet with me and he was running the sports academy up in Thousand Oaks, which is uh, about 10 miles west of Calabasas, where all the news kind of broke out today, which is, you know, basically about an hour north of Los Angeles. And I'm right where I'm at here in Manhattan Beach. And uh, we started this, this synergy and he was a really bright guy. And, and um, so we started, Chad, Chad Faulkner and I started to spend a lot of time together and he was a uh, a friend of Russell's, you know, Russell has all these unique business friends. This, this was a venture capitalist turned sports Academy enthusiast. And uh, we stayed in touch over the years. And then he ended up doing a, a, a partnership with Kobe Bryant um, to basically uh, run events and to train uh, youth and professional athletes, um, you know, up here in um, Los Angeles. And when they partnered, Russell Wilson and I had recently partnered in a business that, that I know we'll talk about called Limitless Minds. And he had partnered with Kobe Bryant. And about two months into the partnership, he said, uh, would, would you and Russell be interested in coming and spending some time to Kobe? Maybe there's some synergies between Limitless Minds and the Mamba Sports Academy. So I, you know, I said, I would love to do it. I don't know if I'm a big enough headliner. So let me call Russell. So I called Russell and then Russell and Kobe had some separate conversations, um, you know, by, by themselves. I think they, they got together uh, at the Grammys and I think they talked a little bit about it. And then Russell said, Hey, let Trevor come up there and meet with you and tell, tell you some of the things. Cause I think it's a lot different than probably what you've heard in the traditional self-help world. So I went up there and, and 
we didn't have the book yet. So one of the products I had, my idea was embedding education for every athlete to go through that trained at the Mamba Sports Academy. And so I showed them a, a Georgia manual, which was eight different units uh, built around uh, almost like a, a, a football game, kind of a game plan. Yeah, it looks you like know, a that, playbook that, almost. It looks like a playbook. And, and, and you've seen them. And, and it's, uh, it has an install, like what, what psychological things are being installed. Then it has a series of case studies, uh, football case studies, uh, actor case studies, uh, business case studies, but people who've been successful and then trying to identify the characteristics. And it was crazy, Andy, because uh, I, I got about an hour meeting with him. And for 42 minutes, he looked through the book and just listen to me. And there were 10 other people in the meeting. So I just talked. He never really looked me in the eye. Um, obviously I've been around a lot of successful people over my career, but meeting him, he had a similar aura to Michael Johnson, the Olympic gold medalist. When, when I met Michael, he had, he was at the peak of his career in 2001 and he, he just oozed just badassness. And, you know, Kobe had a hoodie on and only he could pull off the hoodie on meeting. Uh, but I watched him kind of go through the book and he stopped on seven different pages um, and then really dug into those kind of while I was talking. And I think he could kind of listen to me and process it. And he was really fascinated in the idea of neutral thinking as opposed to negative and positive. He thought that that was fascinating. The way that we were teaching things at Alabama, Florida State and Georgia, where we were educating them around case studies um, and not really um, – just throwing information at him, but sparking, uh, you know, uh, conversations and engagement. And it was amazing. As soon as he started talking, he said, he said, the best way people learn is debate. And he said that if you can get people to debate, he said, I don't care if it's one of the most difficult cases or, or even, you know, an athlete that some people despise, you put people on every side of the argument and you let them debate it. And then as the teacher, you try to steer them sort of towards where, where you want them to go, where the obvious places to go, but you give them the ability to think um, that, they're, um, that they're driving that conversation, which many times they are, but you're steering sort of what you want them to get to where, where okay, you know, did Jamarcus Russell make the right decisions relative to uh, the best way to make it as a professional athlete? Um, and then some people, well, hey, it's tough. This is where he came from. This is the different types of things. Hey, the Raiders should have taken more responsibility for him. Hey, look, it's his career. He got $30 million and, and you have all these debates. These, these are all discussions, you know? by the way, that, that Alabama and Florida State football players had when you, when you did those units. Yeah. Right. When, and, and, and this is where I think people always ask me about Nick Saban and nobody in college football is doing this. And they're certainly not bringing in an outside educator. I mean, they have a director of operations or director of player development but you've seen this. I mean, this is, these are embedded case studies that don't only have uh, the education and, and what happened to Tyron Matthew, but they have video footage of basically news cases, what was happening, how many times, you know, a, a Tyron Matthew might have, uh, or a Maurice Claret might have, you know, failed. You, you're having bad examples, but then we're also studying good examples. Okay. Well, Drake to, talking ty about Tyron Matthew is a good example. He's turned out fantastic. Correct. But, but he had got in a run of bad luck based upon bad behavior and based upon bad decisions that ultimately if he changed the decisions, he was going to change his career, which is exactly what he did. Um, and, you know, the education is really simple, but, but the, the, the program was called Mindset, the game plan we saw for ourselves. But, but anyways, 
I just remember that looking at my watch and realizing I was going to have 18 minutes and Kobe talked the whole time. And, uh, it was just incredible. I'd never, um, you know, it, just the level of competence, um, and eloquence, uh, and, and, uh, intelligence was so high. Um, I'm so grateful for it. And it's such a tough day, you know, um, thinking about a moment like today, I was thinking about this incredible moment two weeks ago, you know, and I talked to you the day of it. I'm at Green Bay and I'm at this incredible, amazing football game and, and Russell scores a touchdown. It's 23-28 and you have all this momentum. And, and I, I looked around and I saw this moment. We're celebrating and I'm jumping up and down, high-fiving Sierra and Brad Tilden, the CEO of Alaska and Russell's mom. And then a couple of days later, I'm in a situation that I really don't want to be at all. And it couldn't have been a worse situation than that. And I'm so grateful that I was able to, to not worry about what was going to happen two days later, that I was able to live that moment in Green Bay. And, and I think what this thing reminds me with Kobe Bryant um, is all we get in life is moments. And when you, you know, in the book, you and I went into this and, and Andy was the, the perfect person to write this book. And I know for a lot of you who followed him at Sports Illustrated now uh, at The Athletic, he's a... Um, he just has a really good way of, 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 of putting his words together. And, you know, when we talk about sort of what has happened, what is happening and what will happen, so much of what has happened and what will happen rob us of what's happening. And I think, I think my experience with Kobe is he's somebody that made the most of his 41 years. And, um, and we lost him too early. There's no question about it, but it, it, it should remind all of us whether you have kids, whether you have families, that, that a moment waits for no one. And if you don't live it, you may not get it back again. So, um, um, you know, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. So blessed I got to meet him. So, so blessed he had a chance to weigh in on neutral thinking, which I know we'll talk about, and, and basically give me the thumbs up. Like, this is interesting. He wasn't going to tell me it was great, you know, uh, but he, he, was, he thought it was really interesting, and he wasn't surprised that, that Coach Saban was ahead of the game because, as you know, uh, Kobe went out and spent uh, a couple days with Alabama last offseason and uh, you know, spoke to the players. You were talking about being surprised about what it was he found interesting. I, I'm curious because you, know, you meet so many different great athletes, great competitors. You mentioned Michael Johnson, who, who I got to spend some time with with you last year um vince carter you worked with a little bit when he was with the memphis grizzlies Uh, what was kobe like in terms of uh, could could that did that competitive competitiveness come through even when he's in kind of a boardroom meeting yes yeah i mean he was he was very efficient with his time um and it was interesting to watch the group of people around him right you know how, how kobe sat up on the desk and was elevated everybody was on couches that were much smaller you know, Chad is a very, Chad Faulkner is a very accomplished, um, you know, sort of financial genius and, and built the academy in Thousand Oaks because his kids, he wanted more than a YMCA for his kids. Uh, but just incredible presence, but uh, didn't disappoint. You know, you think about how many people, people may not really know who I, who I am because if you, in, in a lot of ways I've been behind the scenes. And I think if you do a good job, you stay behind the scenes. Now our job together uh, obviously you have a consumer facing role uh, with the athletic and, and in your writing for the last, you know, uh, decade plus, but uh, you know, now that's my goal, right? My goal is to present a more consumer facing brand and take 
what we did to the public. Uh, and, and, and as you and I'll talk about, I was challenged by Maria Shriver to do that, but he was, he didn't disappoint. You know, when you, you have somebody that you respect, think about how many videos I make, how many times we, we use Kobe and just to hear him for the 18 minutes and remember exactly where I'm sitting and the pages he was fascinated by was the concepts you and I wrote about less negative being more powerful than being more positive. Mm-hmm. He hadn't heard it framed like that. Developing an ad campaign that we essentially market to ourselves, that other people can market to us and it influences us, us but, but our own marketing is 10 times more powerful. That, that was fascinating to him. And then he just kind of went through the different case studies. You know, Well, how does a Tim Cook resonate with Alabama? Well, and I just said, you know, in and around uh, or, or at Georgia. Um, you, you just don't all, tell him he went to Auburn. That's, that's what you do. <laughs> right. Well, but I think the idea is they, they may not know Tim Cook at the beginning, but they all know Apple. You know, and, and, and then when you show him a speech and he talks about innovation and he talks about, you know, growing and, and, and he talks about, you know, the, the pressure to the pressure Apple has to deliver every quarter, every year, and how that can relate. Um, it's performing like it's look, a lot like playing is, in Alabama or Georgia. It's almost exactly right. like it. Yeah, performance is ubiquitous. Like it, being good, you know, the Grammys are on tonight. Being good at that, uh, you know, getting a chance to watch Sierra the last four years and seeing what it takes for her. You know, she had had a great career. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, early on with Missy Elliott and dancing, and then um, and then really had this incredible renaissance and to watch you know, how, how she studies, how she prepares, you know, how she does so many things similar to Russell, even though in many ways her field couldn't be different, uh, more different than football. And that's our goal, right, Andy? I think to take these concepts using sports in many cases as the metaphor, but the, the behaviors that the, these athletes are doing or these coaches are applicable to everybody. So the book is called It Takes What It Takes and How to Think Neutrally and Gain Control of Your Life. And it is about neutral thinking. That is the, the, the basic premise is we teach you how to think neutrally. And yep. you've probably never heard that term before. You've probably heard about positive thinking. You've heard about negative thinking. But the thing is, there's no guarantee that positive thinking works. Negative yep. thinking always works 100% of the time, right, Trevor? But, but it works negatively. Yep. So that's not yep. good either. So nope. thinking neutrally, and, and this is the thing. All of you listening are college football fans. You're not listening to this podcast if you're not a college football fan. You know what, what when Nick Saban talks about the process, worrying more about the next thing you have to do than the end result. You know, Nick, Nick Saban never talks about a national championship. He hardly ever nope. talks about winning a game. This is, this is installing the process in your own life. And yep. I got to tell you, Trevor, it, it helped me a lot. Because uh, when, with your three jobs, with my three jobs, when I so when when we wrote this manuscript, I was I was working at Sports Illustrated. I had a daily radio show, and I was doing the book, and it kept me sane. I I, I found myself every day thinking more about what we were talking about when we have these you know hours long phone calls to decide yep. how we were going to do this, and it, it is really interesting because. You know, you, you would help me as, as that we would go on because I would start to get overwhelmed. And then I'd think, okay, I can write 2,000 words in one sitting because I do that yeah. all the time. I right. have practiced that. 
It is a skill I have. I don't need to be overwhelmed about the fact that the book needs to be X number of thousand words long. I need to worry <laughs> about this 2,000 word chunk that I am writing right, right. now. And it, yep. it was beautiful. It, 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 and it was funny because you and I, you, you know this because we talked about this when you, when you called me about the book. I'm like, dude, I don't want to do a self help book. I hate self help books. Right. Yep. Well, it was, it was interesting, but you had, so, so the, the story for the, for the, for the, um, you know, for your, your followers. So I've been embedded in football for 18 years. You know, I spent eight years, uh, as the sports psychology consultant, mental conditioning coach. And and if you wonder what the field is, basically it's just teams look at developing athletes to some degree, you know, how are we going to get them bigger, faster, stronger? And then is there a way that we can psychologically build their strength? Well, well, let me, let me, let me stop you there. Smart teams. And there's not a ton of smart teams. teams. Correct. (laughs) They're there. And, 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 and really what, what I found out over the years in pro football is there's not a huge emphasis in development because you have an infinite supply of talent, you know, and when you have an infinite supply of talent, you, you make uh, the for her own psychological education or physical education. You look at the NFL right now, these guys lift twice a week. I mean, you can't play that sport lifting twice a week. Andy, you're a college football player at the division one level. Human, human I mean, tackling dummy, please. Well, human tackling dummy, but, and, and, but you, you know what I'm talking about. You, you got to be committed six days a week and, and are you willing to invest? And that's why only 25% of these guys are making it to a fourth year. Their own behaviors are running them out. So, well, so I've had a chance to live embedded in, in the sports world. So, so, and then there's a sports academy called IMG Academy, which is kind of like Hogwarts for athletes where I was the director of training. So I was a mental coach where I would travel and I'd work with athletes individually, but I oversaw everything connected to training. So lifting, orthopedics, uh, interview training, um, nutrition, as well as sports psychology and all those elements. So I've been a behind the scenes and there are tons of behind the scenes people that you never meet in sports. Uh, but you, you're a huge part of it. And over the years, I've had a chance to be in eight different national championship games with three teams, having a chance to win five of them and lose three of them. And so um, I, the, the knowledge and Andy going back to 2010 for the, for some random reason, Nick Saban and Jeff Purinton gave him permission to cover me uh, on a huge piece that ran on CNN sports illustrated um, that focused just on um, mental conditioning. And it was our, our rebound year after we had, uh, I think 2011. This right? was 2000. We it was our- 2011. I remember talking to you about this, and I, I talked to, to to Nick Saban about it. And I believe I talked to Dante Hightower about it because you had told me a story about the Camback game. So this is this is the Black Friday Iron Bowl in Tuscaloosa. Yep. Alabama takes the huge lead. Cam Newton leads Auburn back, and Auburn wins the game. And you were talking yep. about you were going up to to different players on the sideline on the defense saying. Okay, one of you needs to be a leader now. One of you, need, and and nobody felt. I, I think you did a post mortem after the season, and, and yep. it asked guys about it, and nobody had felt comfortable being a leader because everybody remember that that offense was was a pretty veteran group in 2010 in Alabama. The defense right. was still fairly young, and yeah. Dante Hightower had said, "Well, I didn't feel like it was my place," and so you worked that entire off because season. I wasn't playing yeah. because it, yeah, and and, Mar- and and because I wasn't playing well enough. And Trent Richardson said it, you know, and, 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 uh, and, and 
I, I probably went to seven different guys, you know, because my role is, you know, I'm, I'm not Tony Robbins. I'm not running around being happy. I'm, I'm, I have an embedded role. Um, and you know, that Scott Cochran, Nick Saban, all these guys want me to do, which is remind our guys what it takes to be successful and hold them accountable for doing it and saying, you know, Hey Dante, this is the moment right now where, where you need to assert your presence. You know, Hey, Hey, hey Trev, I, I'm not playing well enough on my right now to point any fingers. Cause I got four pointing back at me and that really wasn't the point, but that also told me that I hadn't done a good enough job educating them that, that part of leadership is ownership. You know, and owning that you're not playing well, but, 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 you know, that you can change it by what you do going forward. And 24 7 is not the same as 24 nothing, and 24 10 is not the same as 24 nothing, and 27 uh, 21 is not the same as uh, 20, you know, 24 nothing. And we were, we were so blinded by the fact that it wasn't 24 nothing anymore, yeah. you know, and then ultimately it ended up being, Lesson Kirkin, man, 28-27, and uh, Cam won the Heisman. And, uh, you know, I was devastated. I was probably devastated even more that game than the kick six, you know, um, which had its own type of thing. So, so but you, you were allowed to cover that. And Nick, Nick thought strategically sharing with people our emphasis in psychological education was a strategic advantage uh, in this particular well, case with you, I, I, recruiting. I, it's, it's good for recruiting. And it's also, I, I, I have kind of learned what makes Nick Saban tick a little bit over the years. It also is a see how far ahead of the curve we are. So when I go to the AD and ask for more money for this sort of thing, you're going to say yeah. yes next time because see how it works. And, and the thing was, when I wrote that story, it was 2011. You could not have found a more mentally tough defense. <laughs> than, right. than the one in 2011. So, it, yep. it, what what you did that off season worked. Yeah, we had a and, and and we had a really good plan. And I think what was cool about the story is we focused, you know, on how do you make our, your really good players stronger. And I told you about this leadership event where we took our our top, you know, like our, our 14 most influential players players. We took them off campus and did a number of different things with them. Uh, to really empower them to be more influential. And really everybody now in 2020 is looking at influence, but I think we were ahead of the curve uh, and we were doing similar things at Florida State and other places. But, but, you know, I knew that Andy recognized I wasn't Tony Robbins. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but Tony Robbins for so many people is how to make money. And well, look, at, look at the island I own and therefore do what I do and I'm going to win the island. Athletes don't, don't, don't care about Athletes that. don't buy into that and, and traditional self-help will not work on athletes. Athletes see through no. it all. So they see through it all. It, it, that's, why I, that's why I like this. That's why I thought this, was, this could be effective for anybody because you can't go to a 19-year-old college football player with that self-help stuff. He will just no. laugh at you. So right. and, that, that's, and, and that's the difference. Laugh. We, would, we would laugh. I would laugh at myself for doing it. And I've been raised, you know, 44 plus years of my life in the industry. My dad was one of the original authors of Chicken Soup for the Soul. And, and from, from the 70s on, I had audio tapes playing all this stuff. And, you know, if I don't get sick and have to drop out of college, um, you know, I don't know that I even believe in the power of of my own thinking i definitely knew negative thinking was going to weaponize me against me and i found that out when i got sick uh so i had great empathy for people that 
just never really bought into positive thinking. And right now, Andy, if you look at what is leading the, in, the industry, it's meditation. And you're definitely not going to be doing, you know, meditation at a consistent level with college players, nor is it the thing that you should be, you should be doing as the most basic primal skill. I mean, most basic primal skills are going to be habits of thinking and language. And I think that that's what it takes, what it takes does. And, you know, Harper Collins sent me around to all the self-help uh, authors and the business psychology authors. And I said, Hey man, I got my dude. I want to do it with, I call Greg Bishop and people that don't know Greg Bishop, Greg Bishop's another fantastic great sports illustrator writer. Yeah. And, and I went up and I flew up and I met with him. I had to meet up with Russell Wilson. And I said, you know, I went out, I said, look, you've written some books. You're writing a book with Jim Gray. Now I said, uh, how do you fill your preparation? You know, particularly for you and Andy that do all those cover stories, makes you for doing a book. I'm like, I get one shot at this thing and I've never done one. And, I'm, and uh, he said, look, we got to write 6,000, 7,000, uh, you know, word stories. So, um, and, and Andy's going to understand the world you're going to come to. So when you mention a game, he's going to be able to put the color around it where all these other people are going to, A, first of all, figure out why is this dude not talking about positive thinking? <laughs> and number two, you know, um, uh, like what, what, what are you talking about? Alabama, Auburn? What, what, well, yeah, Bowl? like the, there's one, there's one chapter that's based on the, the 2013 Florida Clemson, uh, Florida state Clemson game. And yeah. I, I, I think if you'd have gone with, with a person who doesn't come from the college football world, they wouldn't understand why that game was so important in terms of that Florida state season and, and really what was going on in the ACC at the time. And, and yeah. actually if you if you want to go drill deeper, that game probably helped make Clemson into what it is too. So yep. I think I think we get into that a little bit. the the one uh, The one part of the book that I really enjoyed doing, uh, that I thought was really interesting and can help some people, is when we talked to Fred Taylor because yeah. Fred was one of your earliest success stories, and you yep. went, you worked with him when he was with the Jaguars, and when you guys you and Chad, your former partner, came in there, he was known as Fragile Fred. And your yeah. goal with him was to try to help him play 16 games. And I, yep. I talked to Fred for the book, and, and yep. we, we all talked about it. And it was fascinating to see what you guys you – didn't, you didn't trick him into doing anything. All you did nope. was make him realize what he needed to be doing at a time in his life when he didn't want to realize that. No. No, you know, it's – and that was one of the more powerful things for me because basically the way that Andy and I did the book is, is we would have these conversations. We figured out like both of us travel so much. We didn't need to be in the same place a lot. Like we spent the time we needed to, but Andy would basically send me questions. Then I would work on, on, uh, on answering the questions. And then Andy would, would put his staples magic together. Then I'd read it and I'd be like, that's badass. And the Fred Taylor stuff really moved me because I didn't interview Fred. Obviously, Andy did. So, and I was, you know, Fred and I are like a year and a half apart in age. I mean, I was essentially the same age as Fred when I started with Fred. And it tells you how terrible the market is for sports psychology. You know, I mean, they, they, they knew we'd been working. Uh, Chad Bowling, who's the director of mental conditioning for the New York Yankees, and, and for the Dallas Cowboys, and most people don't even know that there is a director of mental conditioning for the Yankees, but there is, just like there's a strength coach and other things. But very few baseball teams have them. Uh, very few well, – I guess baseball has more now, but very few are working at the major league level. 
Um, and then, you know, so, but Chad, I was 24 or, or 26 and Chad was 28 and Fred was 25. And so Fred really trusted basically these two young guys uh, that really asked him, you know, Fred, what do you want to do? And, and what, he was four once, he, once he figured out you weren't a mole for management. Once, right. And, and I think as we see now, Andy, all the stuff coming out about Coach Coughlin and all the fines and, you know, making people do all these crazy I, things. I think and, you actually screwed up. I think you probably were supposed to be the mole and you messed that up. <laughs> but you ended up fixing Fred. So that's good. We had, well, but just when you read, uh, you know, how much did it impact him? But, but just for your viewers, you know, Fred, if, if you haven't heard of Fred, um, you know, take Derrick Henry and add uh, two more gears. You know, I mean, that's is, is great as Derek is. He, Fred, Fred has a lot of that ability, but he was elusive. He was six one, six two, could run a four three, um, two hundred and thirty pounds. But but he faced a lot of doubt. And there's there's this thing that not many people know about uh, in the southeast, in all those southeast teams: Tampa Bay, Miami, Atlanta, New Orleans. There's a thing called the Bermuda Triangle. Andy and I didn't go into this uh, as, as much in the book. We focus more on the behavior. But, you know, Cadillac Williams lost his career to the Bermuda Triangle. That's basically a game finishes on Sunday. And then for the next two days, you travel to New Orleans, Atlanta, and Miami, and you just enjoy it. And you celebrate and you have fun and you get back on Wednesday and you start playing again. Well, your body can't handle that. You're, you know, there, there are no choices if you're going to make it as a professional athlete. And I think, Andy, you're right. Uh, a running back like Fred, 20-plus carries, his body experiences a head-on collision at 65 miles per hour yeah. every game. It's a bunch of car accidents, essentially, from a it's physical a from a physics standpoint. Yeah. And you, you, guys, you guys got him. I, I liked what you, what you said, you know. And, and the thing is, you made him do it. You made him go right. – what are the veterans doing who, who are on their second and third contracts that I'm not? And yeah, he figured it out. Right. And, and it wasn't, and it wasn't going to be complicated. And this is my whole thing. And this is, if, 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 if you buy, it takes what it takes. It, it, it there's some really interesting things about it, but what it's going to, what it's going to be is, is not going to be overwhelmingly complicated. Like I think a great athlete, Andy, and I think you'd agree is so many times what they're willing not to do as opposed to 10 things they need to do. Oh, the, the, and, the stuff and, from Michael Johnson that you'll read that that's, it's really all you need to live your life. If you, if you, yes. if you look at what Michael Johnson does in terms of prepping when he was an athlete for a race or even how he lives his life now, that's how you need If all of us lived our lives that, that, that way, we'd be really successful the problem is it's not easy. Right. And it's in, but, but, <clears throat> you know, um, feelings are misleading. Behavior is controllable, you know, and that's how you manage three different jobs. Plus being a parent to two kids is I have to, I have these three hours where I'm going to write. I've got to make sure. Plus, you know, anybody that knows me, I travel a lot of times, 250 days a year. I'm all over the place. So you had, to, you had to text me early enough where you would be prepared for my delays. You know, I never so, knew what time zone you were in anyway. So it did, I would just text you at like 5 in the morning and figure, eh, he'll wake up eventually. He'll, he'll, he'll eventually get back. So I, I think the, the Fred Taylor is a cool chapter people will like. 
just because it, it gives you a chance wherever you're at right now in your life. If you're listening to this podcast, college football fan, but, but, but you're really good and you want to get better, understand you don't need to be sick to get better. Um, or if you're in an area where you're struggling in a relationship, uh, personal life or whatever, this is, this, this is the simple truth is what you do going forward is going to decide who you're going to be going forward. Case studies of players at Alabama and coaches and Jimbo Fisher and myself going through my divorce, Jimbo going through his personal situation, a lot of real life things that I think people will relate to. Um, and the athletes are, are, are metaphors. They're not uh, freaks of nature. Well, and, and Florida State fans, if you read this thing, you're going to come away realizing Telvin Smith might have been the MVP of that 2013 national title season. Yeah, You may think it's Jameis, yeah, well, I mean, but, but ju- when you read the book, you, you, you're going to think it's Telvin Smith. If you were to guess on average how many days people in the U.S. have to wait to see a doctor, what would you say? A week maybe? Actually, on average, people have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major U.S. cities. Basically a month. If you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state, all from the comfort of home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. And if the doctor decides the treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You'll also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments, and you can cancel anytime. So if you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com staples for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com staples for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. Well, it's interesting because I, I just did the, the podcast with Tom Billyu, and, you know, he's the founder of Quest Nutrition, and, and, you know, that was one of the things we were talking about. He wanted to meet him. He was like, this, this kid just seems incredible. And, you know, um, I, I know Telvin's, uh, you know, had a tough time of late. And I talked to Jameis recently and uh, EJ Manuel. And uh, I think they're going to uh, – I think he's going to take a really good step forward once he kind of gets through some of these challenges. But, uh, you know, Telvin was just an incredible spirit, an incredible leader. Um, you know, and it's amazing if you're a college football fan – Jameis and I um, uh, spoke a week ago for about an hour, and this is a big year for Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston was 26-1 and one as a Florida State Seminole, and as you know, this year, he's a little bit infamous, right, right Andy, for, for 30 touchdowns. A lot of interceptions, that's right. <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> and we talked a lot about the one question I asked him. I said, you know, what was the difference between your first year and your second year, you know, at Florida State? Because your first year you threw 40-plus touchdowns and you never even played the second half of half the games. And, you know, I mean, as great as Burroughs' season was and as great as this LSU season was, and I know you have to give them the, the nod because they played, you know, the five or six top ten teams, and we certainly didn't play that at Florida State, but I'd love to see those teams play. But Jameis was, you know, 40-plus touchdowns, eight interceptions, that first year D- different um, player that second year it was uh, Dalvin Cook kind of bailed him out yeah different different player and and obviously we lost guys but you know Jameis has it in him to have you know a 37 touchdown 
you know, 10 interceptions in the NFL. And I know teams know that. Um, it's just he's got to unlock that. We were having the same conversation just, you know, now Jameis is 26. And, you know, we were just basically saying, Jameis, you know, you got to unlock that. You know, like, like you've done it before. You can do it again. What were you doing that first year? And that's where I start thinking about, um, you know, the idea of neutral. So what is neutral thinking? You know, and I think you and Shannon, we had an editor who was, would give Nick Saban a run for his money. Uh, she's tough. Uh, but, but the chapter on neutral thinking, you know, you guys really researched it and did a lot of it. Um, but well, basically, and you, you, know, I, you know who helped with that? Russell Wilson. Uh, Russell Wilson. Yeah, because when you interviewed Russell, you were like, this dude can teach it better than any of us. And, and he really can because he listens and he believes it. But basically, it, it, it's, look, positive thinking is anecdotal, and it's always connected to an outcome. So if something bad happens, like you go through a divorce and somebody says, well, think of all the people you get to meet. I'm not thinking about the people I get to meet. I got married, so I wouldn't have to meet people. So I'm in a, I'm in a dark state at that point. And the book goes through this because I went through this. And, you know, nobody chooses this, and it's just part of life. But, but it's a hard thing to go through and with your identity and different things like that. So you're not going to be, it's, you're, being positive is, is, is not fair. And it also implies this new outcome, like my life will be better. My next relationship will be better. You don't know that. But what you also don't know is that you don't know that it's going to be worse. You don't know that that, that that difficult relationship means your next one's going to be bad. So what neutral thinking implies is that the past is real, but it's not predictive. And I'll let you kind of add to that, but think about that where you accept the past as, as being truthful, where positive thinking a lot of times is, let's just pretend that didn't happen. Let's start thinking about this. But you know it happened. Well, and the, and the positive so, thing looking forward is just hope. But hope, there, there's no, it, it, hope ne- doesn't necessarily have a basis in reality. Neutral thinking has a basis in reality. It's saying, and, and it, it can be anything. So we'll, we'll use the divorce example. It's saying, here's where I succeeded as a husband. Here is where I failed. These are the things yep. I know I can do to be better if, I, if this happens for me again. So as I reenter the dating pool, this is what I need to work on. These are the things concrete I know I must be better about. Here are the things I already do well. So these will help me as I'm looking around for someone. But these other things, I'm going to actively work on them. But I'm not going to say, oh, I'm going to find the woman of my dreams and it, this one's going to work and we're going to be together for 80 years. You can't say that. You don't know that. But you can say, I can work on yep. these things that I failed at the first time and I can continue to sharpen these skills that I was really good at the first time. And guess what? I have a better shot this time. And your choices are finite, right? I mean, I think we identified that. Like, there's a way to do it. You know, like, uh, there was a statistic I saw um, recently, and I don't know, you know, exactly how accurate it is, but it was that the average married couple is only communicating with each other directly 27 minutes a week. And I was telling some of my buddies that, and they were like, that much? What do I find all the time? Exactly. If, if, uh, I'll, I'll tell you right now. If they got two jobs and, and kids in elementary school, that's pretty high. Because you just don't have well, time. It, it's not there. You, 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 you don't. And so, but, but again, a great relationship is going to take communication. And I just think back to Coach Saban and Miss Terry. You know, every morning they do that 6 to 6.30, they, 
they watch the weather and he eats his little Debbie's, but they, you know, they, they knock out basically 250, you know, minutes of time together by scripting this morning thing. You're, you're like, that's not positive thinking. That's not magical thinking. That's not wishful. That's making time for each other, you know, and, and you think about any good relationship is going to be a set of behaviors and you're either going to do them or not. Like we talk about in the book, average people become average through average behavior, not average, not average aptitude. Russell Wilson is a, is a, is a, is a really good athlete, but he's 5'10", right? I've evaluated players for the draft for years. 5'10 is not a good thing for a quarterback. Now, you wrote one of his first big stories when he was a breakout player at NC State, but how good a breakout player was he that Tom O'Brien said, go ahead and leave. Yeah. In oh, fact, no. we, we he, he said, leave. Yeah, he said, Mike Glennon, you are the physical archetype everyone's looking for. We're going to keep you. Russell, you can go. And and there were, I mean, there was more to it than that. There was the baseball thing. But I, I've said all along, if Tom O'Brien had just simply chosen on the basis of who was better at playing football based on what yep. he had seen over three years of practice with them on the roster together, there was no decision to make. Russell's the yep. better player. He's better at football than Mike Glennon. That has been proven yep. time and time again. So... It, I, that's neutral thinking right there. That's not letting right. all your biases cloud your judgment. Who's better at football? Yeah. yeah, but 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 bias does come into it, and I think we we, we hit on that. So I, I just think the whole process was a blast. Um, you know, Andy and I have already started talking about other things, and I think, first of all, Andy, I appreciate you just jumping into it head first because, you know, neither of us really knew exactly how it was going to work out. Um, yeah, you, we, you didn't, spent, you didn't tell me that we were doing this twice as fast as, as normal and correct. But the thing is what Trevor didn't realize, I need a tight deadline. If we'd have done this yeah. in the normal time frame, I'd have done a terrible job because I can't handle no, no pressure. I need some deadline pressure. So thank you for that. Yeah. Even though we got a little dicey there, uh, around, uh, around April and May. It was, uh, it was a crazy experience. Uh, we'll have to tell that after the whole thing comes out. But, we, but, but I think that's where we really, um, you know, what I appreciate is you gave me the flexibility to, to I, 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 I put some things in the book that were important to me to put in the beginning that, that I needed to write about, but they, they didn't need to make the final cut. And, and, uh, and I, I've been thinking about a lot of that lately. And, I, you know, some of the personal things, Andy, and, some of it just as I was experiencing going through things emotionally, it was good to write those things out, but I also needed to be slapped in the face and said, you know what? Those really don't need to be in the book. That, that's, and, that's good thing. Going through years of the editing process where the editor goes, I know you think this is important, but the reader doesn't care. The reader, the reader will like it either care. way. So that's, yeah. that, that's, I had to have that conversation with you a few times and I yeah. think it, I think it worked out well. So it, it's, but you let me write it. You let me write it first and then, and then you kind of, you know, and sometimes some things where you knew I felt really important about for some reason that, that seemed strategic at the time. It wasn't like at the end of the day, reason was win. And the coolest thing is, you know, talking to Jimbo or Ryan Lee for um, these, you know, the, the people that have read our book from the business world. I mean, like I just had, you know, we've had 2,500 ordered from like Johnson and Johnson and the venture capital community. It's resonating because it, it, 
what I think is different about what Andy and I wrote about is it requires no leap of faith. You're either going to do it or you're not going to do it, but there's nothing that we wrote about that's debatable. Like negativity weaponizes you against you. We prove that negativity is a bad thing. And when you speak about it, it makes it worse. And when you consume it, it makes it even worse. We're not talking about, well, what about my job? I got these eight hours. We're talking about what you control when you get in your car, when you talk to people, when you get on the phone, like, that's all the things we worked at. We worried about at Alabama, you know, like, look, let's just not talk about the fact that it's 105 degrees. Let's just not talk about that. And, and, but we're not going to tell them it's 60 degrees because they know it isn't. Hey, look, and, and, and we would educate them on the fact that negative thinking and particularly talking about it uh, works negatively. And we're always in control of what we say. Plus attitudes are contagious. Once we start speaking in that language, um, it's, it's contagious in a bad way, just like good language is contagious in a good way, but not fake language and neutral language I think is, is powerful. So I think what people, uh, when they see the story of Kirby smart, at the Rose bowl, or they see some of the early origins of the illusion of choice and Vince Carter at Alabama. And then that Clemson game, which was such a signature, you had 2012, 2013, 2014, where Florida State won those games. And that was part of that magical run that people forget, but they won 29 games in a row, recently tied by Clemson. And then in 2015, you know, when we ultimately uh, lost that game, um, Dalvin Cook had a close one, 16-16 late. That would ultimately, whoever was going to win that game, that started the Clemson dynasty. And that was the beginning of the end. You know, we were 6-0, and and we had the, the field goal blocked at Georgia Tech. And then we, were, uh, we beat uh, NC State, so we were 7-1. They were 8-0 in 2015, and we were hanging on. You know, and that was when Showtime was there, and, and we would win the Capital One Bowl. But, but that was the Capital One Bowl in the first half of the Alabama-Florida State game was the end of Florida State football, maybe forever. You know, like that first half of, that first half of Alabama-Florida State. Where DeAndre uh, got hurt. Well, DeAndre well, got hurt in the fourth quarter, but yeah, yeah, it right? was. But, but you could tell Alabama half, was better. Yeah, you could tell. But we we were it's it's ten seven. He throws uh, DeAndre throws the ball to Nyquan Murray. It's pass interference in the end zone. Doesn't get called. Uh, Ricky or uh, uh, Ricky Aguayo, Aguayo yeah. kick block. And then we come out and throw a pick, and then you know DeAndre gets hurt. Florida State, you know the the record. You know, from from that point forward, is embarrassingly poor compared to when you look at Jimbo. I mean, Jimbo left his record was eighty three and twenty, sixty three games over five hundred. Look, I'm and look, if whether you're if you're a four, I, I I'm not objective when it comes to any program I work with. Yeah, yeah. There's and there's I'm some Florida a, State fans that are going to yell at you right now, but you you're right. on Team Jimbo, and and you've I'm, worked I'm with him on, for I'm a long time. Jimbo. Yeah. And, and I was there for two years under Coach Bowden, and I think Jimbo was the perfect guy to navigate that. And I'm a good friend of Mike Norvell's, and I want to see Mike do well. Uh, but, you know, um, this is Mike's first, first go-round in a Power 5 conference as the head guy. So we'll be interested to see how it goes. Uh, but I'm a big believer in the Saban philosophy, which is holistic, which is you can make every part of every athlete and any performer and any coach better. And if they're really good – get them better. And if they're uh, in the middle, get them better. And if they're struggling, get them better. And we need to have experts that can do that. And it was fun for eight years at Alabama to do that. 
eight years at Florida State to do that, now four years at, at Georgia to do that. And now, though, Andy, what our goal was is how do we take these messages um, and make them more accessible to anybody because, you know, every book, I was just walking in, I saw all those John Gordon books, The Power of Positive Leadership, The Power of Positive Teamwork, The Power of Positive, and I just, I don't believe it. Well, you know, I just, there's no, there's no I, magic. There's no, the power comes from within. And what, what this is really is, is leg day for your brain. There's work yep. involved. You read this book. There is work. There's some work you got to do. But the good news is yep. it works. It, you will come out better on the other side. So that you don't skip leg day for your thighs. So don't skip leg day for your brain. Well, and I think that, I think the, the probably one of the last points I would also want to make is the work you might need to do is what you're willing not to do. And how do you become a good eater by first not being a bad eater? And, and it's crazy, but when we say stupid things out loud, we, we really have a tough time overcoming our behavior. So if listen to your language as you're out there and just learn how to stop saying stupid things out loud. And, and what was crazy this year, Andy, and, and, and you saw some of the recent stuff I sent you, is to hear DeAndre Swift talk about neutral thinking, to hear Jake Fromm talk about neutral thinking, to hear Kirby Smart, to hear Russell Wilson, all these people that are talking about this, and it's flying over people. People are like, what are they talking about? Or they're not even noticing that it's this whole level of thinking that nobody's ever heard of, and yet it's become an embedded part of how we're teaching things. And my hope is those people that have really struggled to be positive, but they don't want to end up in negative, uh, see this as a suitable alternative that makes sense and that's battle tested. The book is It Takes What It Takes. It is by Trevor Moad with uh, with some schmuck named Andy Staples. Andy Staples. You, you can yes, pre-order yes, yes. it now on Amazon. Uh, you can get it in bookstores next week, but by yes. all means, pre-order away and you know, you're not even thinking about it next week. Oh, you got a book on your doorstep. So do it. It's, it, it's a nice, quick read. And good read. I guarantee you will come out of this learning something. And if you're a college football fan, you're going to, you're going to have some fun behind the scenes stories that also may help you do better at your job and do better in your relationships yep. and all that. So remember, I don't like self-help stuff. This is not a yep. self-help book you've got to help yourself. We're, we can't help you, but you can help yourself. Nope. And Trevor, it was fun. I, I had never worked on a book before, so now I have uh, I've broken the seal on that one. So if anybody's got a, any more book projects they need, uh, you may have to get in line behind Trevor's sequel, but that's okay. Yes. Yes. Andy, th- thanks again. And thanks again for jumping in with me. I mean, I didn't really know. I just, I literally called, I literally called Andy and that had me meet with four people and every, and the, the other people were great. And you know, the other, one of the guys had written Goggins book, but I was just like, if I'm going to do this, I want to do this with somebody that understands the world I'm coming from. And, um, so I, I, this was a blast and I'm such a, you know, you know that I'm not a huge football fan, but I'm a fan of competition. And in, you know, 10 years of, of SEC football and, you know, eight years of ACC football, you know, what I saw every weekend and, and for, for people, if, if you know, think of Dr. Andrews, the knee surgeon and how he kind of bounced from, from sideline to sideline at different games. That's kind of what I would do. And I'd be there two, two, three days and I'd be on the games and the competitiveness I've seen in those programs and the coaches and the leadership, just spending time uh, around so many coaches now that are head coaches, even somebody like Joe judge, 
you know, I was up doing Andy some, some PR for the book and you know, they're, they're asking me about Eli Manning. I said, well, ask me about Joe. You know, they're like, you know, Joe judge. Cause nobody's heard of Joe judge, you know, but Joe judge was a special teams assistant for four years at Alabama. And every night before our games, me, Jeremy Shelley, um, and PJ Fitzgerald or whoever our kickers were. And Joe would watch a video and we would have this like 30 minute meeting before every game. And I go back to 2011 and we're getting ready for the national championship against LSU. And, um, and Joe and I are sitting there and I have all our kickers and, and, and I have, I put under their, uh, their chairs. I would do this with our, with our, a bunch of our other players as well, but I put these uh, pocket mirrors and these mirrors that basically, uh, you know, were like makeup mirrors. And as I, as before we start, I basically have them grab the, the mirrors. And I just said, look, at the end of the day, um, who, who you're looking at right now in this mirror, you are responsible for him tomorrow. You know, who knows what the circumstances are? Who knows how many touchdowns we're going to score? You're going to have an opportunity to influence field position. You're going to have an opportunity to, to influence points. And, you know, who, who would have known that Jeremy Shelley would kick five field goals that game and ultimately be responsible and hold himself accountable as, that, as the man in the mirror? And, and that stuff, uh, when you develop trust with players, it's not hokey, and it's a reminder that you are accountable to you. And, and, you know, there is no small role in college football. Everybody has a role that's important, and that's about Nick, man. If you're good, you better play good. And, and I love that pressure. And I lived in this 3% space at Alabama and, and, and Georgia. And, but when I get my opportunity, I got to perform. You, you're from that world too, Andy. So I think it was just fun to kind of merge it together. And I think whether you love sports or not, you're going to find some things that are going to be really relevant to you. All right, Trevor Moad, thank you so much. Uh, I'll probably be in touch. I got a feeling you yeah. might be too. <laughs> All right. Thank, thank you, Andy. That's the show. If you'd like, please buy a book. Go to Amazon. You can pre-order. It takes what it takes. It'll be there next week, right on your doorstep. I am not a self-help person. You know that. You've been listening to me long enough to know that. But this can help you. This can help anybody be better at their job. Just be better in life. It's, it's really smart stuff that... You're going to think about it and go, how come I didn't already think that? How come I wasn't already doing that? And it's stuff anybody can do, and it makes everything better. So if you get a chance, we wrote our book. Appreciate it. We'll be back on Wednesday with more college football hijinks. Talk to you then.